Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by Cashfly at C A C H E F L Y dot com. is Tech News Today for Friday, February 25th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by MailRoute.info. MailRoute is a secure hosted service that provides enterprise-grade virus and spam filtering to companies of any size. Try it right now, absolutely free, at MailRoute.info. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I am Sarah Lane. And this is the show where we kick around the tech news of the day and try to make sense of it for you. We give you the stories behind the stories. We give you the truth Unvarnished. You can't handle Without the truth. Polish. Tom. Don't act like you're. Don't quote a few good men at me. I already did. You know who can handle the truth? Who? I as Actar. Yeah. PCMag.com. That guy knows That's his right. truth. I know the truth, and uh, I still don't know how to handle it. I, I think Tom's <laughs> totally wrong on this one. Sorry, can't do it. So you know the truth, but you can't, you can't handle it. Yeah, basically, I hear it and my brain explodes. Yeah. So it's it's very it's a very sad thing. Well, hey, this uh, is the show for you then, I as. <laughs> I know I like your I honesty. <laughs> uh, well, you know who else probably can't handle the truth are all of those content farms out there that just got dissed by Google. Well, uh, can we first talk about what Let's constitutes talk. a content farm? Because um, depending yeah. on who you ask, right. It could either be something like eHow or Huffington Post. I mean, yeah, some right. of the content farms that you and I might say, content farm, they might say, no, content farm, right. not, I mean, there's, not so. There's content farms that are obvious, right? It's those one, ones where all the posts are duplicates of other posts elsewhere, right. and, they're, and they're, they look like a template, and there's nothing else to them, right? right. Those are obvious. Yeah. Then, then there's ones that are not content farms, like the New York Times, Right. Obviously not a content farm. Original but reporting. But then, yeah, on, on that cusp is, well, wait, is the Huffington Post a content farm? A lot of people would say no. Some people might argue yes. Uh, Amit Singhal and Google principal engineer Matt Cutts posted on their blog yesterday that Google has tweaked their search algorithm to ensure that high-quality sites rank higher than low-quality sites. Now, they're not telling you how they determine that because they don't want to give away the game mm-hmm. to the content farms. But they do say high-quality sites feature original information, such as research, in-depth reports, thoughtful analysis. Low-value sites just copy content or, and this is where it gets interesting, are just not very useful. How does an algorithm figure that out? Well, I think, yeah, that's a good question. Because, I mean, obviously on the most extreme end of a content farm would be a paragraph that says things like, Britney Spears called Justin Bieber on the phone to talk about the Super Bowl, you know, I mean, it's like, it's it's nonsense. It's not actually yeah. anything that makes any sense. And it's just a bunch of keywords that will, will uh, drive that page to the top of a Google result. So something like that, if an algorithm can determine, wait a second, this actually isn't even news. This isn't something that is relevant or exists somehow. Right, and it's they just a collection a lot of, of keywords. That stuff. Yeah. A collection of keywords that will not help anybody and will only serve to dupe them. But can an algorithm do that effectively? I hope it can. I mean, as a user, I've found so many horrible results on Google before. And as a content producer, I've seen some of my stuff on the sites I used to work for just be copied and pasted just outright. What I want to know is how exactly they're going to differentiate between the original and the copy. I mean, are they going to look at timestamps? Are they going to figure out 
like, okay, well, this thing seems to have a series of original content. I just want to make sure that my site, if it's being duplicated as a whole, if that doesn't end up being the copy you know, by accident, I want right. my original one to be the original one. That would know? be the ultimate insult is if somebody copies your blog and then you get blocked. You get delisted. Yeah. Or, you know, if somebody copies your blog word for word and then just changes the st- structure, right. they're still copying everything you just said, but can they fool the, the algorithm? Is the algorithm smart enough for that? Yeah. Good question. Um, Google says it's not incorporating data from the personal block list, which one, might be one answer to these questions, is that they're taking crowdsourced data where people in their search results can now do that add-on in Chrome and say, oh, block that site. That's a content farm. Uh, they are not using that data, probably because the personal block list is still in beta. It's just something they're testing out. Although they do say when they compare the results of the algorithm with what's happening on the personal block list that people are using, that they compare fairly favorably. It's a good way to determine how um, who is using the personal block list extension in Chrome and and why. Because obviously this is the sort of thing where if someone's trying to game the block list itself and a bunch of people get together and say... The New York Times is such a content farm, right. you know. I mean, Google's going to have to be watching that closely saying, wait a second, those results are skewed. Right, it's we a good double check. We have to throw that data out. Yeah, because so. all the content farms can sign up and use the block list. And they're the ones who try the hardest, quite Oh, yeah, frankly. absolutely. So, got to watch out for those content farms, whoever you are. Hey there, uh, Ayaz, you uh, in the market to buy a social network? Because MySpace is now officially on the block. Woo! Yes, there's, I think there's, what, 20 different companies out there that are actually willing to buy MySpace. News Corp just put it up for sale, or it might be spun off as its own thing. You know, I got about 20 bucks on me. I think I can get it. How about you guys? <laughs> I, I don't have 20 bucks to spare on MySpace. It's a little, it's a little more than that yet. Uh, apparently, a lot of um, folks, at least over uh, across the pond, are still using MySpace uh, via mobile services. Yeah, Beta News had some interesting charts. I mean, obviously, the charts show the decline of the use of MySpace in the United States, and we've talked about that a million times. But one of the less uh, expected results is that MySpace grew 32% in 2010 in Europe. And they say they uh, attribute most of that to the launch of MySpace Mobile, m.myspace.com, launched in Europe in September 2008 in partnership with Vodafone, uh, and it it has actually been growing. Is there any way, I mean, I can't imagine that the mobile service has so much to do with putting together a MySpace page as more of a way to, like, ping somebody and circumvent texting fee data. I mean, because yes. it's like, who is using my... But you can do that with Facebook. You can. But I wonder if that, if MySpace is somehow accounting for some of that just quick back and forth. Well, you never know exactly how some of these things take off in certain areas. Yeah. I know, like, in cert- certain parts of the world, Orcut's really big and Facebook doesn't exist. Brazil. I mean, there's some, yeah, there's some weird things like that. And the other thing is, I mean, MySpace still draws in something like 45 million uniques. So even though they're down, they still have a ton of eyeballs looking at their site, uh, and if they're growing somewhere, I mean, that's potentially good for a lot of different businesses out there. I mean, Viacom tried to buy MySpace back when it was really hot. Maybe they'll go out and go get it now. And, uh, I doubt that. Now, what a lot of people are talking about is mobile sites because of these mobile numbers being interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, social networking sites, MocoSpace is reported to be interested. Uh, Zynga might be interested, although uh, Zynga says they are currently not, not in yeah, talks. but. Right. That uh, doesn't mean they won't be in talks. Uh, mid-March is when News Corp is going to actually sit down with folks. Uh, they have tapped boutique investment bank Allen & Company. What makes them boutique? Do they like, they're just a small shop where they sell some 
you know, funky novelty items along with their investment it's, it's, banking it's a, it's a advice. It's a boutique store. Uh, it's a with, bodega. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of obscure social networking sites that no one uses. I'll have some jerky. Uh, it's hard to or find. Loco and MySpace to go. Thanks. <laughs> It's a very special boutique. Yeah, it's hipster bankers, <laughs> says 40 Thieves. Uh, anyway, yeah, they're, they're sitting down in uh, mid-March, so we'll probably start to hear more rumors filtering out sometime around. It's just, the thing is, is like MySpace's overall numbers are going to continue to decline. Yeah, their mobile numbers might see a boost here and there, but it's like the overall numbers are not increasing. Right. So it's like whoever buys them is going to have to try to to buy buy the folks that are still there and then say, and here's where this is all going to change and get better. Here's why you shouldn't leave. Yeah. Because we're Zynga. (laughs) (laughs) MySpace is becoming one big farm. Yay. Uh, The Motorola Zoom came out yesterday on Verizon and within two hours, according to Engadget, was rooted uh, thanks to Koosh. He uh, put, or she, I don't really or know. Or Couch. Uh, couch. Uh, installed Clockwork Mod, Recovery Image, and ROM Manager, granting you super user permissions. That's right. Motorola Zoom rooted on the very day of release, which is pretty awesome. Good for uh, folks who like to do that sort of Android homebrew stuff. What's not so awesome for Motorola is that the company Zoom Corp is taking him to the court uh, in California District Court over trademark violations. Zoom is a money transfer business and obviously when you see the motorola zoom tablet you're going to think wait is that the money transfer business or is that a tablet indistinguishable from each other money transfer and tablets motorola Motorola also bought the keywords for zoom so if you went and searched for it you'll see motorola so the company zoom is very upset about this they're claiming it'll cause confusion and I, i know everybody sees that phrase that's the legal standard that's why they have to use the phrase causes confusion in the marketplace I don't think there's a single person, a reasonable person, who's going to think, Motorola Zoom with those crazy ads, that's a money transfer service, right? Nobody's going to think that. Right. I mean, if it were, I mean, they have a website, right? They do do have Zoom.com. X-O-O-M belongs to Zoom Corp, the money transfer service. But just because they have a website doesn't mean they're a technology service per se. You can have different trademarks for other things, too. Don't forget there's like Dove ice cream and Dove soap. I mean, you can have the same name. I often get those confused to to great... Uh, uh, tragedy and when you get the confused in the wrong way it's yeah. not delicious no at all. and i smell great i smell like vanilla yes uh the, i mean it's not really that uh, you know i as you bring up a good point that it's like they have to say it causes confusion it's not that anyone's going to be confused it's that zoom the money transfer service wants the brand recognition right. that they won't have because everyone will now equate it with that motorola tablet that's what they're worried about not that people are really going to confuse the two yeah, they're not going and to. I see they're, their they're, they're they're going to think that the Zoom Corp maybe isn't a money transfer service. They'll just assume when they see the name that it means the tablet. Right. That I, I guess that would be their argument. I as. Uh, I mean, I could s- sort of. I mean, I think they just want to get some money out of Motorola, just flat out. That's probably what they're doing, and they're probably going to get a licensing fee just because Motorola doesn't want to deal with this. They already brought out the Zoom, and they don't have time to deal with this. I mean, don't forget. I mean. I think Apple had iPhone, but Cisco actually had it first, so they had to pay them off too. Yeah, I mean it could just be. But, a, but Cisco never money. took them to took them to court. Apple just just gave them the money, right? Because that saying, was like, actually a phone that Cisco had. It was a VoIP phone, but it was it was pretty clear that that could cause confusion. Right, that has a greater chance of confusion. But in this case, I'm thinking this is a simple, can I have some money kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, so that's what I think is going to. Do you happen. think they're going to get any? Yes, I think so. I don't think Motorola has the time to Out deal of with court. this. 
They'll just say, look, we'll pay oh, yeah. you some hush money. Yeah. I would totally expect an out-of-court settlement that we won't know any of the details of, and Zoom will kind of enjoy their money transfer because they're going to be receiving money. So good for them. Uh, Huawei Technology is a big Chinese communications company, and it has been trying to take over companies in the United States. They have a United States division, Huawei USA. Uh, apparently, they tried to buy 3Com, the network equipment vendor, back Relief. in 2008. Well, no, they tried to buy 3Com back in 2008 uh, and were forced to abandon it because the United States objected. Now, recently, they tried to buy 3Leaf, which, oh. you're, which you just mentioned, and the United right. States administration again opposed Huawei taking over because... Apparently, Huawei's founder, Ren Zhengfei, once served in the Chinese Army Engineering Corps. So obviously they are connected to the Chinese military and will steal all of our secrets. Uh, yep. hmm. So even though Huawei, uh, the chairman says, there's no evidence that we violated any security rules. If the U.S. government has concerns, please investigate us further. We've got nothing to hide. They're still not able to buy the companies that... Right. They got so frustrated with this, they wrote an open letter saying, investigate us. Yeah. It would be like, you know, the person at, at the TSA who just, you know, finally gets frustrated and is like, strip search me now. Go ahead. So I have nothing to hide. So is the, the U.S. should do this then. Go investigate them. See if you're right. If the U.S. claims that, that this company is, there's some sort of underhanded dealing going on, then they would want to prove this, right? Instead of just saying, we think maybe there's something underhanded going on, so you should Seems be able genuine, to buy right? a company. Yeah. yeah. If they, so if, do it. If they, they must have nothing to hide. I mean, well, you, we've the US got is an unlimited afraid, budget. The U.S. is afraid that, that their routers, that the Huawei's, uh, I can't say their name properly, but that's the Chinese company's uh, products will actually be spying on stuff. But then again, if they're spying, are they going to? They're going to say, "Of course, we're in in bed with the Chinese government." They're not going to say anything either way. So whether the government, the United States government, decides to investigate them or not, I mean, what else would this company say? I mean, they well, have to say that we're. Well, they wouldn't honest. have to write an open letter right. saying, "Come investigate." Yeah, me. I mean, well, why wouldn't you? If 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 they were to say, because what if you get investigated? Right. Hey, we're not doing anything it's like that. That's one thing. But to say, "Listen, we're not, and we want you to investigate us." Dig up everything you can, and you'll see that you're wrong. See, way I, I want to get into this American market. I see what Ayaz is saying, though, which is they're calling the U.S.'s bluff, essentially saying they won't come investigate us. Well, I think it's an episode of 24, actually, or a season of 24, or it could be if they brought it back. Then don't let them call our bluff. 24, Silicon Valley edition. I'd love to see how this actually plays out. If the United States government and actually investigate to them, and we, this would be a great story. See what happens with this. Let's uh, let me let me set the table for you for our next story. Okay, there's an app. It's uh, it's been in the app store for quite a while. It's very popular, about a million downloads already. Mm. Uh, it allows you to upgrade. It's a free app, but it allows you to upgrade to premium services by going to their website and buying something. Uh, and recently, it has been kicked out of the store. Because it doesn't use the in-app payment system. Oh, I know system. what app you're talking about. What, what, do you, what uh, app? The Kindle app uh, in the uh, iOS no, store. No, Kindle app's still in the iOS store, actually. Oh. Uh, Ayaz, any, any guesses? Must be the Netflix app? No. It's got to be something in the Apple app store. No, yeah. right? it's not. It's voicemail what? for Android Marketplace. Holy. Android. Phone Fusion makes a voicemail app that allows you to do visual voicemail on your Android app. 
Uh, they offered it for free. They would give you, if you paid, they would give you things like voicemail transcription, ad-free service, the ability to receive faxes, a dedicated number, all that kind of stuff. But you had to buy it from their website. They had a link out to that from the app. Google has kicked them out of the Android marketplace for violating the developer payment rules, saying you've got to use Google Checkout. Sorry. So they don't even have an option? They are required to use Google Checkout or nothing at all? Yeah, so they were linking off the app, and they're saying, no, you can't link out and have them pay elsewhere. You've got to use the in-app payment system. Yeah, the Android Market Developer Distribution Agreement actually says uh, it must be distributed via the market. must be processed by the market's payment processor. It doesn't specifically say Google Checkout, so maybe they weren't aware yet. The real question is, if these guys change what they do, will Google let them back? But then again, this is Google's playground, right? They can do what they want. A lot of people are ticked off at Apple about doing pretty much the same thing because, again, it's their playground. They get to do what they want. Jonathan Hollander, EVP of Phone Fusion, says it looks like they're pulling an Apple, but just for us. I think he means Apple company, not right. fruit. They're not just taking so Fuji Apple off of a yeah. tree. Pulling but Apple. nobody's actually done this with Kindle, right? I mean, Amazon. Amazon no, has not, a Kindle not app even, everywhere. Yeah, not even on iOS. That's yes. the, real, the real litmus test. Well, I'm really on, curious. About on iOS, they've got till June 30th to amend, so we'll know by June 30th. Okay, that, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out, too, because that's the big dog here. I mean, Amazon could actually fight back a lot easier than this other thing. Also, on Android, if Amazon you know, didn't like it, they could just come out with their own app store. I mean, I don't think these guys could at voicemail, but that'd be something. Now, Google did get back to, uh, to GigaOM, uh, where we saw this story, and said, we remove applications from the Android market that violate our terms of service. They, st- <laughs> they still didn't make it clear why they went after this particular app at this particular time. Well, maybe it's just the first one that's come to their attention. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it's not the only one. There's got to be more to this story. Yeah. I'm not trying to stick up for Google here necessarily, but there, there's got to be more to why Phone Fusion got targeted. Either Google's beginning to enforce terms, and they're just the unlucky first, like they did with Facebook on the Nexus S. They just, you know, maybe they're just starting to crack down on. These well, you things. know, if they if they want to force folks to use Google Checkout, they make an example of Phone Fusion. Phone Fusion updates its app because uh, they don't want to be kicked off the off the, out of the Android marketplace. And if everyone follows suit, then things are peachy. I mean, that's what Apple's attempting to do as well. Yeah. So Now, one thing is the uh, Google developer agreement doesn't stipulate that you can't charge different amounts. So theoretically, they could charge a higher app, amount in the app and make it really out. cheap on the website, which you can't do according to the iOS agreement. Right. And, and McTee in the chat room is making a good point that, on, at least on Android, you can have third-party app stores. So if, if Google does a bunch of unfavorable terms, another app store can just go ahead and say, look, we're going to give you favorable ones. Yeah. So it's not really in Google's best interest to start playing hardball with app developers since they had so much trouble getting apps in the first Although place. Although this you know? is a Google Voice competitor, is it not? Mm, no, yeah. Kind of. Not trying it does to voice transcription. Yeah. And that, it, well, we'll see. Visual voice, man, I'm just saying. All right. Uh, also, Google looking uh, like it won't be able to buy ITA. Politico is reporting, Politico.com, reporting that the Justice Department has told Google that it will go to court to block its acquisition of ITA. ITA is a software maker uh, that provides most of the data on travel. So when you do searches on like Travelocity or Orbits, a lot of the information you're getting comes from ITA. Uh, and there's a worry that if Google buys this and integrates it into Google Search, it will undermine those deals. 
That seems a little odd. I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of different services out there. Expedia actually has their own software that they use. Uh, what they're, they're most afraid of is that when you go to Google and you search for a price and you say, oh, look, I want to go from, you know, I don't know, New York to San Francisco. Well, you're going to just stay on that Google page, and then Google is going to reap all the benefits. The other thing is Google's saying they are not going to start selling tickets. So these companies will still be able to make money. Expedia will make money. Orbitz will make money. It's just they want to buy ITA. Now, uh, Bing just announced something called Price Predictor, which uh, gives you flights, prices, and predictions on whether the price will go up or down right from the search box. You don't even have to press return. You just say SFO to STL, and it will give you not only what the fares are, but the price prediction of whether that price is going to go up or down, which helps you decide whether to buy right now. In fact, I'm in this position. I've got to fly to St. Louis in May for my nephew's graduation, and the prices are a little high, so we're hoping they'll come down. This is exactly what I want to see. Guess who's providing the data for Price Predictor? It's ITA. Mm. So what everybody's afraid of is that this kind of service would somehow not happen. They wouldn't make this deal with Bing if Google owned ITA. Of course. Although I'm not so sure why someone like Expedia, Ayaz, as you pointed out, Expedia doesn't even use ITA right now. They've got some other search. They get their data from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. so it's sort of like, I mean, Most what, are, what are they so worried about yeah. that's going to affect their system? Right, could, everybody Google's, could just go to somewhere else yeah. if there are competitors. I guess ITA has a large part of the market. Large enough. So it's it's concentration of everything in one place. I do think that the the fears are a little overstated. I do too. The other thing is that Google actually had a video trying to allay all the fears, and they're saying that if there are any contracts in place right now, when Google buys ITA, if they they announced they wanted to acquire them back in July, that they would honor them. So if this contract with Bing would still be honored. They're not going to just pull it away from competitors right away. And the other thing is it's in Google's best interest to license ITA to everybody, ITA's technology, that is. So uh, I, don't, I really don't think this is that big a deal. Plus, Politico is reporting this, but not the DOJ. The Department of Justice is not officially saying anything about right. this matter. That's a good point. So we'll have to see what exactly is the truth on this. Now, I do like the idea of Google giving away free data from ITA, although I prefer that they gave away free IPA. <laughs> Just saying. Array. IPA. All right. Uh, spoiler alert, everyone. We're going to reveal who's going to win the Oscars. Oh, my gosh. Tom, don't do this. A I've got an Oscar party on Sunday. I don't want you. You can, you can win. You can be the, the smartest person in the room. You'll be able to call it every time because a service don't called people, TweetBeat. People go to jail for this. Has, okay. Well, just don't tell anyone <laughs> okay, else. Okay, okay. A service called TweetBeat has been collecting each and every Oscar-related tweet and analyzing it so that they can tell who's going to win. The King's Speech has been getting 31.4% of the mentions. That's the most mentions of any film nominated for Best Picture. Yes! That means King's Speech is going to win. Well, I hope that TweetBeat... By the way, that term was coined by Martin Sargent. Is it now? Yes, TweetBeat uh, on the show This Week in Fun was around before TweetBeat, the Twitter service, was. That said, not the point... I am excited if the King's Speech Beach Social Network. Even better, Natalie Portman, 54.5% mentions. Well, therefore, I, best actress. I think that's, I mean, that's a, that's a lock. I, if it was 75, I wouldn't be surprised. Colin Firth, 56.4% best actor. So let's see. A service that monitors Twitter is saying that the movies, the movie, the social network will not do well. So like... There's already an inherent bias of Twitter users against Facebook. Here's, here's the thing that's really, funny about Really? You think about Twitter this? users hate Facebook? 
I, I do. So I, I assume there are people like me. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on. Hold everything. I'm a Twitter user, but I'm also a Facebook user, and I hate neither. I have I, my as, Twitter you posts. You have a Facebook account. Don't I try to say that you don't. You totally I do. do. I know. But you but hate I'm just it? Saying that I don't like Facebook as much as I like Twitter because Twitter just, at least when people write drivel on, on Twitter, it's short. There's no, there's no drivel limit on Facebook? I feel like it, they're no. becoming increasingly hard to compare to each other. Twitter and Facebook, two different beasts. Okay, but can, can we talk about for a second? So TweetBeat, so many folks on Twitter seem to think that the King's Speech will win Best Picture. How many of those people are in the Academy that can vote? Yeah, see, now this is, this is not a, you know, this one, is one of those things where three. Twitter as an aggregate yes. uh, shows the trends of the world, right? right? It's that crowdsourcing so thing. So this is assuming that right. folks in the academy are paying attention to the general wave of popularity. That the, yeah, that, the, the, that whatever's popular in the Twitterverse is also going to be popular in Oscar land, which apparently is proven to be correlative, mm-hmm. not Causative, obviously, but you know it's that that generally what's popular on Twitter has proven to be true. Just the way, like whatever wins Golden Globes or other SAG awards, those things. If you look at all of that, sure. those tend to predict yeah. who's going to win the Oscars. So it's not that far off. Well, if Tweetbeat gets all of this stuff right this year, then we'll know that the robots are taking over, and Twitter will predict the next election. Yes, as well. That's cool. On to the news fuse. <laughs> it, it, I, the fuse was wet. Let's let we'll dry it out. Now it's dry. <laughs> How appropriate! Uh, a while back, when the iPhone four was introduced, uh, Consumer Reports could not recommend it. They thought it was a great phone, but because of the the death grip issue that caused signal strength to drop, Consumer Reports said, "Do not buy." Well, the Verizon iPhone came out. Obviously, they fixed all those issues, right? No. After some extensive testing, Consumer Reports says the Verizon iPhone also has death grip issues. So now AT&T and Verizon users can at least bond over that. You know, you just stop using a death grip yeah, when holding your iPhone. Just calm holding it down. So, so wrong. Get a little zen. Yeah. Go meditate. Yeah. Hold just, it with your pinkies. Just let it go. Yes. Uh, if you ever considered liking Ayaz's I Hate Facebook page, you know that he's made one. Uh, because of the privacy, setting, privacy settings that make you want to scratch your eyeballs out, your vision may be saved Yay! by Facebook's latest attempt to squash confusion around their notoriously really unclear privacy terms that we've all wanted to scratch our eyeballs out over. The website's privacy team, they have one, is working on developing an updated policy written for regular people. You know, not 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 lawyers, not regulators or privacy pros. You know, people I like you and an me. Attorney. Well, so not for people like I as for the rest of us, Festivus, a Festivus <laughs> Facebook manifesto, so we can all understand privacy. Thank you, Facebook. Ha ha. <laughs> Uh, HarperCollins has decided to change their agreement with ebook distributor Overdrive. They forced Overdrive, which is a main ebook distributor for libraries, to agree to terms so that HarperCollins ebooks will only be licensed for checkout 26 times. Librarians have blown up over this, calling for a boycott of HarperCollins, breaking the DRM on ebooks, basically doing anything to let HarperCollins and other publishers know that they consider this abuse. They should That's do this with real books, too. You can only check that book out 26 times, then you have to burn it. Well, why 26? Like the yeah, letters <laughs> of the alphabet. Why not right? 23? It's a more well, mystical number. Uh, 
bendable microchips. What? Mm-hmm. What is this? The future? Yes, say designers at this week's Solid State Circuits Conference who are showing off the world's first microprocessor made with organic semiconductors. So what if it's just an 8-bit model 70s-era throwback? It's bendy! And may pave the way for concepts like Munich-based company Orkin Design's Rolltop Computer, the laptop that rolls up like a burrito to actually come to market. Like a burrito. Messenger bags, your days are numbered. My yoga bags can now be used to... Yoga computer Yoga, bag. my little... You could just roll, unroll your computer. Well, because I bought the yoga bag a few years ago saying, right. I'm going to become oh, one of those yoga people. That didn't anymore. happen. But I've still got the bag. Got now it. I can put several computers in it. Yay. Uh, the Android Market now has ebooks available to buy at market.android.com slash books. There are about 500 titles available right now. Also, if you play with the URL and replace the word books with music or movies... It still takes you to the Android market. Well, Try other words, and you get a 404 error page. So, you know, put two and two together. More evidence that Google might get into the downloadable mu- music, movies. Or the Musies business. Oh, or the Musies or the Movic Movic business. It's probably Musies slash Musies. I don't think that's going to work, actually. It's 404, oh. but they're probably working on it. That's going to all musicals all the time. <laughs> PayPal has reinstituted the account of nonprofit Courage to resist a group raising money for Bradley Manning, but PayPal says his association with WikiLeaks had nothing to do with the initial blocking of the service to the nonprofit. It was just a, quote, technical procedure due to the fact the organization was not operating under PayPal's terms of service. Nope. Nothing to be paranoid about at all. Nothing to be paranoid about. Nope. Also, nothing to be paranoid about is Bing's friendship with Facebook which is allowing them to one-up Google. Earlier this month, Google announced it would add links, photos, and relevant web pages from your friends to Google's normal search results when you're logged in. Bing just announced that they'll do the same thing with one extra data point from Facebook. Google and Facebook are not friends right now, so Google gets none of their data. Their status is complicated. <laughs> Yesterday, we, were, we mentioned how police raided hacker... Graf Chocolo or Chocolo. I haven't actually asked Chocolo. the hacker I would say what, Chocolo. What, what they prefer. But who knows? Okay, Chocolo's house. On, on behalf of Sony and Graf Chocolo responded by releasing everything he knows about reverse engineering Sony's hypervisor. As you might imagine, Sony didn't really take to that and reacted by demanding the hacker remove the link to the hypervisor information and pay 1 million euros. That's a lot of euros, actually. Sadly for Sony, that won't do anything for the now infinitely copied zip file of hypervisor info. So yeah. pay up. Pay 1 million euros. Universe. It won't get rid of the data, no. which is already out the barn. Yes. All right. Finally, Boing Boing uh, points out that Mike Lacker's Street View Zombie Apocalypse is out. Uh, if you go to wondertonic.tumblr.com uh, slash... Oh, you just go to wondertonic.tumblr.com, look for the post. Street View Zombie Apocalypse allows you to enter your location. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any location. It doesn't have to be your current location, but any location you want for Google Street View. And then immediately little zombie markers will show up on the Google map and start chasing you in real time. And you have to navigate using Google Street View's arrows to get away from the zombies. Oh, how fun. So you learn a little bit about geography, but it still kind of brings in that cool hip zombie factor. I lasted 20 minutes without getting attacked. And then I was like, you know what? I really need to get back to work. So I stopped and allowed the zombies to attack me, and then they, they didn't get me. Do you know what this means? What? Tom's a zombie because zombies don't attack other zombies. Eh? Ever thought of that?
I think I need to leave. Run! Burn. Get out! Save yourself! I'll finish the show! I'm not a zombie. No, no I, I did try this out, too, and I ran right for the zombies first thing. 41 seconds later, they killed me. So you can be killed. So maybe Tom really is a zombie. It, it, no, it depends on the point. neighborhood, right? So what I did, because our neighborhood is really hard to maneuver around it. It's one of those old 60s suburbs mm-hmm. where they made it really hard to get from one place to the other. So once I got on a side street, the zombies couldn't get to me. Then I ran over to Highway 101, and they couldn't get on the exits. <laughs> I was just running up 101, like, ha-ha, suckers! Well, you know, what What was that, uh, what What was the latest AMC show about zombies? Uh, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. There aren't any zombies on that highway either, so moral See? of the story, stay on the freeways. Exactly. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, All right. that's a good lesson. That's, that's <laughs> lesson awesome learned. Right Let's move on to the calendar. All right, the world's first robot marathon is getting off to a slow start and, and will likely stay that way. Um, it's actually a, uh, a four-day or so, 26-mile or 42-kilometer race um, called the Robo Mara Full. It's put on by a Japanese robotics company, V-Stone, um, in Osaka, Japan. So Four days. That's like a cricket match. Mechanized competitors uh, walking slowly, uh, <laughs> zombie-like, perhaps. They're very small robots, that's why. Yeah, so... So if you're into that sort of thing, definitely check it out. The Nintendo 3DS is set to launch in Japan tomorrow. Yay! If you're in Japan. Let's Talk is going out in a blaze of glory. And, and this is kind of interesting. So it's selling Atrix 4G and Laptop Dock, the bundle, for $250. $250 because their AT&T partnership is about to end. So everything must go. I, you know what? I was I was tempted to buy this, and then I realized five hundred dollars was too expensive. Two hundred fifty. That's, that's that's reasonable. That is quite a price cut. I might have to get in on that action. Yeah. So there you go. Now you know. Sony has slashed the price of the PSP to one hundred and thirty dollars starting on Sunday, the twenty seventh. So go get one or wait for the NGP. Whatever. Um, yeah. Price they're, drop. Obvi- they're obviously trying to. Get people to keep buying it. Yeah. The Windows Phone is arriving on Verizon March 20th, according to Win Rumors. Who here believes that? It's a rumor. I do. Yeah, uh, Verizon is not very excited about the Windows Phone, so I'll give it 50-50. Yeah? Yeah. I ask, oh, they, you they, think it's they legit? Act not, it's going to be that they act not excited because they don't have it yet. They'll be all excited once they get it in March. Oh, I see. So it's like, yeah, we're having the party. Like, oh, we don't care about the, the iPhone. We're we don't the care about it. Is the, we think Zuckerberg's going to show up. We're probably going to have the party. And then on March 18th, it'll be like, party's on! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Got the RSVP. Maybe okay. it'll sell, unlike the iPhone. <laughs> right. uh, the free trial of the daily iPad magazine has been extended until March 21st. Ooh, that's not a good sign. Yeah, we it? talked a little bit about this on iPad today. It's, uh, In my opinion, it's because they haven't met their margins Mm -hmm. because if they had, then they wouldn't just be giving out free magazine. I mean, they're paying a lot of people to write all that stuff. But uh, in any case, if you are already subscribed uh, for free and and you want to get a little bit more free content, you can. And if you still want to check it out and you haven't started yet and you thought that the free trial was ending, well, you've got more time. Uh, and then way to collectibles auction. Um, that is, this is uh, Peter Jackson's production company. Yeah, they're the special effects house, uh, most notable for doing Lord of the Rings. Although they do special effects for a lot of movies, uh, and they are putting a collection of lots of their models, and they've got great stuff: ray guns, uh, Hobbit house models that were actually used in filming. Uh, all of this stuff is going up on eBay with proceeds going to benefit the victims of the Christchurch earthquake so so two really cool things going on one the ability to buy stuff 
from Weta that you could not get otherwise. Two models based on the Lord of the Rings movies, one of Dr. Grodbort's ray guns, customized and signed by Greg Broadmore, uh, and the proceeds going to help uh, people who This is it. such a... I mean, if you are a Lord of the Rings fan, you know, I mean... Anybody who has thought, wow, this could be just sort of interesting to have one of these you know, pieces of memorabilia, this is the time to get it because it's obviously going to such a good cause. So kudos, kudos to Weta. Yeah. And uh, finally, dropcam.com slash demo still up. Don't forget, you can watch the new Twit Studios, Twittington Manor, the Brick Twit House. <laughs> We're not calling it Twittington Manor. Come on. No. Please. Okay. Twittington Palace? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, gonna, you can watch it you can watch yesterday. it as it is being constructed. Sometimes you can even overhear Leo like making plans. Yeah, there's audio live. Yeah. On so it's not just you know, like the, the old net cams of years past where it was like a new updated image every every twenty seconds. It's live video and uh, you can hear when someone says something inappropriate. We've got little you know, pieces of paper plastered all over the new studio saying, don't say anything. You That's don't why the be workers are very the quiet. World. Yeah, the workers <laughs> just have tape over their faces half the day because they're like, I don't want to. All of a sudden, my bank password number is just going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> but uh, no, it's really cool. I mean, whether you're listening or not, it's so cool to watch this, watch this get uh, put together. And I mean, I got to be honest, from the first time that Tom and I saw the floor plan, yeah. things have really moved along. No, it's, it's looking good. It's yeah. coming together for sure. All right, uh, on to the emails, TNT at twit.tv. We got one from Dimitri. He's the guy who wrote the Twit Windows Phone 7 app. He is an avid TNT fan, but he's taking me to task. He says, Windows Phone 7 update, worst update possible ever? Really? You mean iPhone updates never caused update issues to phones? He included a link to a thread from, I think, 2008 regarding a uh, an iPhone update that was bricking iPhones. He says, just one example to make my point. I'm sure if you were to be honest, you'd find a ton of issues people have forgotten about. He later sent me one to Sprint Phones, too. Want another example I suffered through personally? How about iOS 4.0 update that caused my iPhone 3G to back up for something like 10 hours? I recall it was terrible. and was so slow that my phone was afterwards pretty much unusable. But yeah, this must be the worst update ever that hurt 10% of the phones and not even impacted all of those 10%. Still Stuff happens. He used a stronger word. But don't push to make us look that bad. I will now await your apology on the next TNT recording. So what? who's us? Who's us? Microsoft. Oh, right, because um, he works there. So here's the thing. Maybe, maybe I overstated a bit. But the iPhone update, they never withheld. Now, maybe they should have. But what led me to say possibly worst ever... Okay, so maybe I said worst ever not, and left out the possibly. But what would I I'd still say might, might possibly be the worst ever is that they actually had to withdraw it from a class of phones. But I'll give Dimitri, even though he is also biased, I'll, I'll give him that Microsoft is certainly not the only phone to have ever suffered these sorts of issues. Very true. Dimitri should also know that we're a very sensational show. So we say things like that just to get a reaction, and it worked. Uh, Tom especially. Uh, next email from English John from England, of all places. Hey, TNT. So I thought the Light Peak slash Thunderbolt was supposed to simplify matters. But from what you said on the show 186, it sounded like there could be a, a shed load of different SKUs, you know, different models. I can see people buying the cheapest one and then getting home and finding it doesn't power their device. Surely everything with the Light Peak Thunderbolt name should have the same capabilities, shouldn't it? First of all, I think we can all just call it Thunderbolt. So well, okay, is. so what, what he's re- responding to is the idea there will be three types of cables eventually. Right now, there's only one. It's copper. 
Yes. But eventually there'll be a fiber optic one, which will have the 100 gigabit mm -hmm. uh, internet capability and data transfer capability. I think I've got that right. Uh, and, and we'll also have copper to carry the power. And then there'll be a fiber optic only version that won't be powered. Now, that's not any different than USB. USB right. sometimes USB. is powered and sometimes is not sure. by the port. Mm -hmm. Ayaz, are you still there? I'm still here. I'm thinking Intel's not going to, like this third version that's only 100 Because he was really vociferous about this in the prep meeting. Well, I, I, was, I, was waiting, I was waiting my turn there. Anyway, so it's 100 gigabit per second on the fiber optic connection anyway. And the people who are going to be using this, I bet you they're not going to be putting this on consumer stuff, okay? It's going to be on desktops. It probably wouldn't be on something like a laptop where you need some bus power. Because once Intel trains you that your, your little Thunderbolt thing is going to have enough power to, to run a hard drive or a RAID or any of that stuff, they're not going to change that. And there's no way on earth, unless there's the dumbest company out there, I don't know, like a, a laptop manufacturer that decides to put this on a laptop. It's, it, you're not going to see this. I, I don't know why. I, I think that was a mistake. I'm, I'm not sure why you just got what, sad trombone. Sad trombone or <laughs> oh, or my point. No, uh, no, the sad trombone. I, just, I, I think the 100 gigabit uh, fiber optic will only be on business applications or desktops where you can actually plug in. You're not going to see that on laptops. So while it could cause confusion, right? I mean, at first, I think in the actual practical implementation, you're not going to see that. Now, I agree, but, but it still could lead you to buy the wrong cable, right? I mean, with USB, you yeah. buy the same USB cable whether the port's powered or not. But with Thunderbolt, there'll be different cables. Will they have different end configurations? And then you'll ha you'll be like, it'll be like FireWire. FireWire has different end configurations. I mean, Sometimes like you can you can have a FireWire cable and it won't work with your FireWire port. Yeah, but I mean, with USB and USB, I see you have mini USB and can, regular USB. I mean, USB. it's somewhat interchangeable. I think right. it's yeah, it's gonna it's gonna confuse some people. I don't I don't see it's that not. being avoidable completely, but it. The more informed you are about the way that these things work, the better. Keep listening to our show. That's right. All right, I as we'll make a, we'll make up for the uh, sad tribe boom by letting you read the last email. I, I expect a gong at the end of this one from Gary B. <laughs> Hello, Tom and Sarah. I, I question the requirement to return the Zoom for upgrades to LTE. Shouldn't the Zoom be backward compatible with the 3G system? Why isn't Motorola shipping a dual band unit? What happens if you are in a non LTE LTE area with only 3G? Great show. Keep up the good work. This is a really good question, Gary. Uh, Ars Technica has an article today about iFixit showing how simple it is to replace the chipset so that it can handle 4G. It takes about 10 minutes, and they're questioning why you have to send it back to Motorola. Why can't you just take it into a Verizon office and have somebody do it really quickly for you back in the back room? Uh, but even then, when you get the 4G, presumably it still works even if you're not getting 4G access, right? Sure. Uh, so why wouldn't they just put... 4G and all the tablets to begin with. Is it a supply chain error? It, it must be. Because, I mean, as we talked yesterday, even though they're doing everybody a favor, really, by making it as painless as possible, yeah, you've got to get, you know, lose the Zoom for a minimum of six days, it's still, they're, they're going out of their way to pay for all the shipping and blah, blah, blah. But it's still an inconvenience, and they wouldn't do that unless they absolutely had to. I mean, they had they had to put the zoom out before the iPad too. So that's I mean that's where all of this came from. But why not? I don't know. I, I think still think the zoom is vapor hardware, and yeah. it's actually shipping. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they rushed that thing to market. I mean, it doesn't have flash like it was supposed to. It doesn't have the right modem in it. They just wanted to get this out as soon as humanly possible. And yeah, and even if it causes these little blips. 
I mean, I guess they don't care. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to mention uh, I have come to the end of my Bing experiment as of today. Was that 30 days ago I, already? I have finished a month of using Bing. Um, which you were doing to see how Right. Results... My default search engine. It doesn't mean I never used Google. It doesn't mean I used Google and Bing every time I searched. I made Bing my default search. So when I went to my search box, mm-hmm. I searched in Bing. have to say, uh, with, a, with only the exception of searching for news, had no problems. But Ended you, up living in Bing just fine. Okay, well, let me, you, you know, keyword being news. Mm-hmm. News is something that's very important to you because it's your job. Yeah. So, so when what do I you was, mean by saying the exception When I was news? looking, okay, let's say I saw a news story, decided not to include it in TNT, and then changed my mind. Yeah. And I went, I like, okay, I got to find that news story again. Mm-hmm. If I searched in Bing, a lot of times it didn't come up, and I would have to go to Google's news search, and then it would come up immediately. Interesting. Uh, but for general searches, Bing was great. I, I, you know, there, there are differences and, and, and I realized that in the early weeks, my problems with Bing was I'm used to searching in Google and you have to learn a different way of searching to get the right results out of Bing. Very subtle differences. Yeah, I'm sure half of your, you know, this isn't coming up is, is a habit. It was just, it was just, I had, I had adapted over 10 years to how Google works. Uh, but Overall, I can't. I can't. I, I will probably go back to using Google because I'm more comfortable with it. It does the news search correctly. Yeah, um, which is a big part of your day. You know, if anyone else is, I don't know, had had a similar uh, experiment results or, or something different, or have noticed something that either Google or Bing is lacking, or any of the other browsers. Really, we'd love to hear about yeah. it. Yeah, I've actually, I've, I've actually used Bing. I like their image search is really good, and their mm-hmm. video search is actually. I think way better than Google's right yeah, now. Yeah, I've had but, a couple of uh, videos where I, I searched in Bing and they came up great. And they and there were things I had a tr- trouble with in Google. Matt Cutts from Google actually t- on Twitter said, "Give me examples. We want to improve it." So I gotta I gotta find those examples next time I do that. Uh, next time I have something come up in Bing, I gotta I gotta try it in Google so I can give that to them. But uh, I agree with you there. Hey, Iaz Akhtar, great to have you on the show again. PCMag.com if you want to find Iaz's work. And you've got your own podcast as well, right? Yeah, you can go to thisolnerd.com. And that, I think this week we show you how to build a PC from the ground up. It was put with our friends from Hot Hardware. So thanks a lot, hothardware.com. Twit.tv slash TNT is our website. You can give us an email, TNT at twit.tv, or give us a call, 260-TNT-SHOW. That's it for this week. Thanks for hanging with us. We will be back on Monday. what i was trying to play sorry uh, that makes more sense <laughs> oh, okay that makes Corporate. a lot more sense